0: Welcome back to Raven's Recap. We've got big Week 17 matchup. We are very familiar with these. We've had one before with the Bengals. We don't want to talk about how that ended up, uh, although I'm sure it'll come up. So, Justin, welcome back to the show. Appreciate you coming
1: on. How you been? Oh, uh, doing doing well. The tide has turned quite a bit for for the Bengals anyway since the last time I was on. You know, No burrow, uh, no mix in. A whole new offensive line, more or less. Dunlap got traded away. It's, it's just wild.
2: Yeah, it was crazy to hear about Dunlap. I mean, he's just—he's been on the team for such a long time. Um, you know, it's was, it was a little bit unfortunate, I think, just to to kind of see what went down between him and the organization. But uh, you know, I actually, I have not—I have not been following him since he got traded to the the Seahawks. I think. Mm-hmm. Anybody know how he's been doing? He had the uh, the
1: game-winning sack against uh, the Cardinals. He he sacked Murray to, to end the game.
3: Okay. Yeah, I think he's been one of the the reasons that the Seahawks defense has actually turned around and been not the worst defense ever. <laughs> now it's actually somewhat solid unit for them. Yeah, he's been actually huge and um, you can see like a clear
0: line in the sand when he started playing with them and their defensive performance.
2: Yeah. I mean he's he's always been a heck of a player, you know, for the Bengals. I mean, you know, i, I gosh, man, I, I just I can always remember if he wasn't sacking Flacco, he was like knocking balls down at the line and just being super disruptive. So, you know, not not entirely surprised <laughs> that he's been, you know, lighting it up now that he's doesn't have any beef, I guess, with the Seattle front office. <laughs> and it's interesting
0: too, I mean, they were able to get him for uh B J Finley and a seventh round pick. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure is uh, Finley been playing? Uh,
1: yeah, he uh, Finney he uh, he's actually been, it's lucky we got him since there have been so many injuries on the offensive line. He's played most games sometimes starting they're just kind of using him left guard, right guard wherever he's needed. Oh, that's good. has your offensive line play improved? would you say? Uh, somehow, yes, it's kind of the same cast of rotating players um i it's it's kind of like they just got a talking to and they said please stop this and <laughs> uh in and even the burrow sack where he he got his knee completely mangled that wasn't necessarily terrible blocking it was just you know a couple guys overpowering a guard and kind of falling on burrow as he threw it wasn't as bad as some of the other you know missed blocks um, I've seen, but some somewhere along the line they got it into their head to to try harder, and, and it's mostly worked.
3: Yeah, I think that's something I saw when I was looking at the the at least the box scores of the past three weeks. Looks like the Bengals have only given up four sacks. Uh, somehow all the Finley. It doesn't look like Brandon Allen's been sacked.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, Finley's just uh, not not great in the pocket, so he'll take the sacks. Not uh, experienced enough. But it's, you know, most of those have been coverage sacks, really. So some of them are unavoidable.
0: Yeah, we actually have seen that with the Ravens as well. Our offensive line has definitely gone through some uh, changes and metamorphoses, so to speak, throughout the year. We have a new uh, right guard since the last time we played. Um, can't remember i think we have yeah new tackle too uh you know with uh stanley got hurt so we moved uh Orlando brown jr to the left hand side and then now fluker primarily playing as a right tackle with an occasional phillips who was our previous right guard playing as right tackle occasionally so yeah finally seeing ben powers he seems to have solidified himself in that role and we're seeing kind of a, a gelling of the offensive line so certainly is something that can happen as the year progresses for, uh, for teams.
2: Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it a lot in the last couple episodes of, of just, you know, offensive line plays is, is continuity is, is a huge aspect of it. I and mean, just having guys like performing well and, and continuing to kind of like grow together. Um, certainly helps if you have a kind of a core group. I mean, that's you know what, what really can separate teams from, from being good, from, from being great. Um, you know, is, is the quality of the offensive line play overall? I mean, that's you know why the, I think the Browns have been so good this year is because their their O line has been absolutely fantastic for most of the year. Um, the Ravens were last year; they didn't have any injuries on the line. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's definitely been uh, it's it's been good for for the Ravens and, and also for the Bengals. You know, like you guys said, you know, it's um, they've been uh, they've been performing quite well over the last couple of weeks, you know, even though Burrow's been out, it's just like they've been hanging in there. They've been playing some pretty tough games that ordinarily people wouldn't have thought that they would have been in these games, but they've been playing very, very well. That game against the Steelers was, oh my gosh, that was like overpowering. Like I I would not, I I was not expecting that game whatsoever, but they just demolished them on both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah. We can close down the season now. I mean, that was, that was what I wanted. Steelers (laughs) win. That that uh, that alone gets Zach Taylor another year as head coach. I'm sure.
2: Yeah, I'm with you there, man. If you know, I remember back in that 2015 season where the Ravens they were five and 11, but they swept the Steelers, and yep. that was worth it.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say I'm with you there. You can definitely take this game off. <laughs> I
2: was Oh yeah, we could also stop the count right yeah. here. I think all, all four
3: of us are in agreement. Yeah, that the Bengals season could just end right now. And, you know, we're all we're all okay with that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, th- this kind of has to be a like a, a nightmare return for you guys, right? I mean, you need to win to get in the playoffs. Well, you, if you win, you're in. If you lose, there's other scenarios. But still, you know, win and in and against the Bengals, it's. I'm not optimistic about this game but I I know I can tell from your faces it's it's uh it's worrisome to say the least.
2: Oh yeah, no no, yeah. As <laughs> as Ravens fans, we are not overlooking this game whatsoever. We were just happy to know that we are in the driver's seat <laughs> and don't have to rely on somebody else to get us in week 17. But uh yeah, man, that 2017 game. Uh, I don't I don't know. I, I think I'm not overlooking it. But I'd say the one thing that's different this time is that at 2017, we had years of basically the same thing with Flacco and just mm-hmm. like he'd, he'd yeah. throw the, the the go-ahead touchdown and the defense will let us down. And then he might try again and like get an interception. And that was like, Four or five years at that point, like it was already happening, and we just we really just wanted to make the playoffs again. It's like we haven't been there in like three years, four years. Like we just gotta make it in, and then we'll have a chance. And we just couldn't do it. And with Lamar, it's like I don't know. We don't have that pessimism yet. We just know that if we get in, we just need to win a game because we haven't won a game yet. <laughs> right. But we can make the playoffs. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't think Lamar will stand for for any of that. And I think he's probably got a chip on his shoulder since he didn't uh, get in the pro bowl is that right yeah yeah we talked
0: about that uh last episode i had a do 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 breaking news and i was not happy about it oh i actually have a funny story about that game i have never seen it my uh aunt got married that day because it was uh new year's eve right
2: oh that's right
0: yeah so i was uh in the pew um potentially checking the the score here and there
2: (laughs) on my watch
0: getting updates. And uh, we were on the bus to the reception hall when it was the final drive. And I think if I remember properly, we were down for a bit and then we got ahead and things looked okay, uh, at least from a, you know just scoreboard watching. I was like, oh, we're ahead. And then I saw like, it was like just a couple seconds left and I did like a refresh. And then suddenly there were points on the board for the, the Bengals and I was just devastated. Actually, we were passing the stadium. It was home game, right? It was it was here.
3: Oh it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it was my, here. F- my toes still aren't completely unfrozen from being in the stands. <laughs> it was like fourteen degrees or something insane.
0: <laughs> it was super cold that you're right. Because we were passing the stadium because they were at uh, right down in the inner harbor for the reception. And uh, I think yeah, I think we were on Conway when the game ended. So like <laughs> just to give you context of how close I was to that stadium and uh, hadn't seen a, a snap. So yeah. Uh that game was uh difficult to absorb Uh, luckily I had a distraction of a wedding to like you know have some fun the rest of the night but definitely felt
3: bad I will say having been at that game that stadium was one of the loudest I've ever heard it when the Ravens finally got up and the defense was trying to stop the Bengals on that last drive and then when Tyler Boyd had that play I've never heard the stadium quieter It was just not, not something I, that I hope the Ravens have to, have to uh, relive this coming Sunday. Well, certainly we'll get loud from crowd noise. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've yes. been there.
1: <laughs> I've been there as a, a Bengals fan. I was at the season opener in you know, 2010, maybe, when they played the Broncos. And they were winning. There was like five seconds left. This is when the Broncos had Kyle Orton. And he just kind of hucked a ball. Just doing something, it got tipped and tipped, and then Brandon Stokely catches oh, it out of nowhere play. and is just gone. And I was sitting in the third row in the end zone oh. as he was running towards us, just all by himself. And everyone in the end zone was just like, "Stop!" And <laughs> and that was it. Oh, and it was just no. silence. Everyone that was a
2: heck of a oh, play. Shit. I remember that call. Oh wow, couldn't believe Gosh. it. Gosh, yeah, man. Well, yeah, both. I think both of our teams have definitely experienced a lot of heartbreak. I mean, it's 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 one of like the the crazy things, and like it's it's it can be happy and can be like one of the saddest things about being a sports fan is like these heartbreaking moments. Is that you know you might have like the the highs of, of being on the, the the winning end of one of these moments, but then if you're as soon as you flip the roles and you're on the losing end, it's just absolute heartbreak. You know, nothing, there's almost a nothing like it than like anything else in like humankind. It's just with with sports. No, and your
1: brain goes to terrible places. Like, what if the clock had run out and no one noticed? Did, did the play count? Come on.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, it's interesting. If you look at this, we played the Bengals for the last game of the season 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. So four years in a row there. Took a year off and then 15, 16, 17. So three years in a row, but then we actually haven't done it again until this year. So kind of interesting to have a. I think the last two were no. It was one was the Browns and one was uh, the Steelers. So never mind. Yep. Yeah, kind of interesting. Now, it, definitely in the last decade, it's been primarily the Bengals.
1: Yeah just just for the end of the year games. Any any other time, with a few exceptions, it usually goes to the Ravens. I think at least of late.
2: Well, before we get into that, I think uh, one thing we probably should talk about, bef- you know, before we get too much into the Bengals is that um, let's let's talk about the playoff picture. So we know that if the Ravens win this game, they're in the playoffs. Um, you know, with the losses by the Colts and the Browns last week, the Ravens are firmly in the sixth position in the AFC playoff picture, um, which means I believe they'll play the Probably the Steelers. Well, probably the Steelers, but obviously, you know, it depends on what week 17 happens as far as seeding because almost anything from second seed to, to seventh seed could be totally up in the air depending on how the Bills play this this evening. Um, but yeah, so if, if the Ravens win, they're in. The seed is still TBD. If they lose, I think there are a few scenarios in which they could get in. Um, I think if the... You guys, correct me if I'm wrong. If the Colts lose or Miami loses or the Browns lose, I believe... Actually, leave the Colts out because they're already on the outside looking in, so they need help. If the Browns or Miami lose, then the Ravens are still in,
0: right? I think if Miami loses and we lose, we're out. But as long as the Steelers win, we're in. And I like to add... I believe if the steel, I'm like I, not just I believe, I'm like very confident. If the Steelers win, um, we get the second seed in the division, which feels a lot better than the third seed because these Browns are not that good. I'm sorry, like <laughs> I understand they gave us a run for our money in that game, and like it was a very exciting game, etc. But
3: gosh, like they still have a negative point differential,
0: and, yeah, exactly,
3: and they've given up their defense has given up more points than the Bengals' defense has. Like, this team's not good.
1: <laughs> you know, I think the Steelers also are, are not as good as they are on paper. I mean, I think Lamar was out with COVID the second game yeah. when they played to the series. And yeah. other than that, the Steelers haven't had much of a challenge. And they lost to the Bengals, for crying out
2: loud. <laughs> so That's coming from a Bengals fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, gosh, I had my bar. My barber thought that I was a Browns fan. I was very confused. I was like, "What? F- no, <laughs> <laughs> Ravens fan. Where have you been?" And he, I, th- I think he might have thought that I had like I talked to this other barber that has been in the shop, and he used to work there, and he used a Browns fan. And I was like, sort of nice to him, but I'm just like, I just want to talk about football. Like, I'm not a Browns fan. I just <laughs> want to talk about football. <laughs> I was I was very taken aback, but then the other barber was super interested that I was Ravens fan. He's like, "Oh, you got a podcast? That's super cool." <laughs> so, despite that, Keith, you're still you're still a great guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So to
0: go back to the matchup on Sunday, I'm actually kind of curious how has um how has Gina Bernard and uh, Samajay Pirine been playing with uh, mixing out? And I know I mean I know just from like a stat perspective. Bernard's had a couple good games, uh, you know, good DFS lineup plug, you know, (laughs) but uh, I'm kind of curious how it how has it actually been watching the games?
1: Um, Surprising, Uh, Geo's getting more carries than I'm used to seeing him get because he's he's a little guy. He's more kind of the swing route pass catching back. Uh, P Ryan, I actually thought when the Bengals picked him up in free agency last year, he was a really solid backup, one of the better one of the better available backs on the market. He just hasn't had a lot of opportunities. Uh, but this Sunday, um, this past Sunday against the Texans, he was he was plowing through uh, the line that they were making just enough room uh, for holes for him. He ended up with a 45-yard touchdown run, which was the longest run of his career. And he's really – he's gotten comfortable being the plow to head back and Bernard can, you know, settle down into his more – utility player role uh, even though Bernard usually gets the first down reps but it's been a good duo better than
3: better than I had hoped with uh with Mixon going down yeah Gio's really come back into kind of a, a relevant role I mean I'd see that he's been on the team for a while but quite honestly I think around 2016 or 2017 I kind of forgot he was still on the Bengals because it, it just Mixon got a much larger role and was taking almost all the carries but yeah he's kind of in these past couple weeks at least kind of had a bit of a Rejuvenation to his career.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think when when Zach Taylor came along, he kind of at first treated him as just a backup to Mixon, uh, rather than actually utilizing him for his strengths. And I think that's been a change this year, especially the second half of the season, is is saying, well, you're good at this. So let's let's stick with that instead of just saying you'll you'll get in when the other guy needs rest. And and that's that's what he was meant to be from the start. So I'm I'm glad they're finally coming
3: full circle with him now he's got that awesome mustache at least in his uh his photo i don't know if he still has that he shaves that off
1: (laughs) he does he's he's kept it all season and if if he wants to believe that's the reason for his resurgence and he keeps the mustache forever i am fine with that
2: (laughs) yeah you might be able to see it on the broadcast next week (laughs) but uh yeah i'm I'm definitely interested to see how the the ravens are going to be able to handle some of these guys up front um you know, obviously when, you know, uh, Derek Wolf and Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams, all those guys are in, um, I think the the rush defense has, has been pretty good. Um, and they, they looked, uh, all three of those guys were back against the Giants. Um, although Calais, um, I, I thought was a little bit quiet overall. Um, didn't pop off on the screen uh, as far as like, at least I was looking. I don't know about how, whether you guys uh, saw anything different, but, uh, you know, I'm curious that of, of how it's going to go this next week. And, and, and hopefully, you know, Calais in particular, I hope that he's able to come out of the selfie and, and, you know, hopefully be ready to go for the playoffs if we make it.
0: Yeah, Calais is definitely on a snap count. He only played 20 snaps last game. But we did see that one stunt where I think maybe he got accredited a half stack or if not, he was really close to getting the sack on that play with McPhee. So, yeah, I mean... That's kind of the ideal situation for him. I I mean, ideal would be fully healthy and just wrecking all games. But uh, given where he's at, you know, getting a couple snaps, getting, um, you know, just a little bit of experience to kind of knock the rust off. um, I know I called for him just to sit out the rest of the year, and I still kind of think I'd be okay with that because he's a veteran. But uh, this is the next best thing, in my opinion. You don't want to overwork this guy uh, and give him too many snaps at this point in the season. Um, and, and we're getting lucky to have a uh, good play out of Derek Wolf, Matt Abouquet, et cetera, to you know, give him some more rest, give him the opportunity to, to chill. One thing I wanted to ask you about, too, is the passing offense. Obviously, Burrow's been down, but it seems like your offensive weapons, uh, particularly the wide receivers, have found a way to continue to produce. Is that the case? Are they still creating opportunity?
1: Uh, surprisingly, yes. Um, T Higgins is having a big rookie year. He actually passed AJ green last week for most catches by a rookie second, most catches by a rookie for the Bengals. And he's one behind Chris Collinsworth, uh, from tying it. So two wow. receptions this week and he holds the record and it's been mostly quiet, but I think that's because originally the attention was all on burrow and, and, you know, then without Burrow, the attention was on how bad the quarterback play was. And he just kind of quietly racking up yards, racking up catches, um, you know, making making a couple of pretty amazing uh, touchdown grabs. Um, a, a really solid over-the-shoulder sliding-on-his-knees catch against the Texans uh, this past weekend. Great Um and then uh, I think so. Tyler Boyd was out last week with a concussion. I'm not sure if he'll be back, um, but there's still enough depth. AJ Green is has shown that he's not dead yet. He's he's made plays when need be, and um, they've they've got enough depth with with some of the other backups that it's working out.
3: Yeah, well, I think given the the state of the Ravens' secondary uh, with the injuries they've had, I think T. Higgins is. Got a pretty good chance of, of breaking Collinsworth's record on Sunday. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's been excellent from everything I've seen for the Bengals, and he's probably going to be a guy that uh, the Ravens are going to have to match up with for a lot of years to come. I think that when we're looking at this game from the Ravens' perspective, the wide receivers, uh, Higgins, Green, and, and maybe Boyd, if he's able to suit up, that's really the one thing that the Ravens are really going to have to focus the most on because... There's injuries in this secondary. As we've said on the last episode, we don't know yet if Marcus Peters is going to play. Jimmy Smith is almost certainly not going to play, which really leaves you just with Marlon Humphrey and Anthony Averett and the other cast of guys have joined the roster since this, as the year has gone by. But that's going to be really where this game is going to be won and lost, I think, is in that matchup.
1: Yeah, definitely so. And I know Boyd and Higgins can, can run themselves open, you know, don't have to make too much work for the for whichever quarterback is playing but uh green maybe not so much but but yeah I think I think Higgins would be the number one threat this week.
0: Man I went to look up Alden Tate's stats this year. What happened to that guy?
1: <laughs> he he's been trading inactives with whichever the like sixth string receiver is that week. It's which is unfortunate. He I was looking forward to seeing him play more And he's made plays when he's been in, but he's you know just not playing very many games, just not not getting the the chances he needs.
0: Yeah, against Tennessee, I don't know what was happening that game, but he had seven for seven uh, targets, receptions, and sixty-five yards. That was his best game of the year, and then kind of really fell off a cliff as far as production from there on out.
1: Yeah, but yeah, it's it's his second year, and he's got. He's got room to grow. I think if I think if Boyd is down the number three this week will be Alex Erickson, who he's kind of a, a speedy little Wes Welker type. He he also does punt returns. So he's he's less of a you know all around threat, but he can make plays when it counts. But he's he's also been in the league for I think five or six years now, so that experience at least will help him. If need be.
0: Yeah, I remember him from from previous games. So definitely uh, could be a contributing factor. And honestly, one thing we've seen, and this might be something that uh, for Ravens fans look out for, is the Ravens haven't played a uh, dime in two weeks. They they played the nickel um, three corners tops in basically every single down for the last two weeks because of their really horrible thin depth at this point. And... uh, That might be a place for the Bengals to find an advantage.
1: Yeah, I would. uh, You know, a a quick returner that can get around the linebackers for sure. Um, I think that's why Brandon Allen's going to be the starter again. Uh, Finley can't really throw a ball more than twenty yards with any sort of accuracy. Um, So you know, he's he's great for the short flats game manager role, but. You know, if if your secondary is that banged up, I think they're going to ask Brandon Allen to to throw a few deep and see what he can get.
2: Yeah, it certainly makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I think for the Ravens, one of the keys too is is that with all these corners being out, and we still don't know if Marcus Peters is going to be back. You know, we want to see um, how some of the safety play is also going to work. You know, I, I know Chuck Clark has, has been okay recently. At some of the spots, I mean, he's matched up with some tight ends. He's allowed a few catches. He's he's been in great position for a handful of plays too. He almost had a pick against the Giants, but just was wasn't able to corral that and bring it in. It was really unfortunate. Um, but to Sean Elliott as well as is kind of been, he's been okay, you know. And like I say, he's been great. He he definitely doesn't have the range. I think is what you want for a free safety. Um, you know, so some of these guys are going to probably have to play a lot more uh play a lot more man against some of these receivers if we have to go to these more like nickel uh formations because you know i know obviously the Bengals have a lot more depth at receiver uh than what the ravens have at corner so um we'll be curious to see what they do um i'm also hoping that elliot's injury you know whatever he had uh during the giants game i i don't i like you said it may have been a hand injury or something i don't know if we had a confirmation on that but Hopefully he'll be good to go this week and we won't have any scares.
0: It definitely looked like he was favoring his hand, but yeah, I I didn't have a chance to check what came out of the news conference this week. I'll I'll take a quick look um, while we talk, but yeah, it's interesting to hear your uh, thoughts about Allen and Finley. Um, It's interesting that NFL quarterback can uh, not have accuracy past 20 yards. That's a kind of a shame.
1: Yeah. Well, They were <laughs> they were hoping it would be a development. That's, uh, they took him the fifth round last year or fourth round, fourth or fifth. It, uh, it's just, and, uh, I don't know. I, I think the Steelers game, the first quarter, they had him try a couple of deep passes and he couldn't, it, every one of them fell short. So that's why the rest of the game, they kind of said, well, let's stick to the short routes and, and that's how it worked. Um, that's at least what worked against the Steelers and I don't think that'll work against you guys, though. Oh, I think
0: uh, Harbs is doing his normal hardball thing, and uh, apparently, when asked about injuries, said "wait and see" uh, for basically every single player. So uh, the man's not going to give you any information.
3: He's really yeah. turning into a Belichick with with uh with that. <laughs> it's like it's like the one coach you could get any less injury information out of. <laughs>
2: yeah
0: the only piece of information that he gave that seems at all interesting from what I've read so far is that Prochet was uh, not not inactive because of performance, but just because of number crunching and as we get healthier, it gets harder and harder to say yes to some guys who are on the fringe of uh, the active roster. Yeah. As we expected. Yeah. But he did say that uh, he did give props to the Bengals. They're definitely playing their best football of the season by far. And, uh, you know, I, I think I agree with that. It's kind of remarkable. Like you said, given the injuries and, and on paper, how that shouldn't be the case, but it seems like over time, uh, either between the coaching staff or players synergy, they're just playing better.
1: Yeah. It's uh it's, it's been a welcome surprise. It's not like we need a tank for a draft pick. Um, you know, sorry, jets fans. Um, <laughs>
2: so, so Jets at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, so I'm fine winning a few games. I know last year uh, some of the Bengals fan base, you know, towards the end of the year it's like, you know, don't win more games. Just let's tank. We got to tank for Burrow. But this year it's fine. You know, we can win a few, take a, you know, fourth or fifth overall pick, and it's fine. I think we can get a good offensive lineman, which is what, you know, should be the target. But that's for later on.
0: I, I, I don't want to bring this up now uh, in this forum but uh we were talking on one of our fantasy football chats the other day should the NFL shift to a NBA style lottery for the top picks to
1: discourage uh tanking i would say no um i i don't know i don't know if anyone actually tanks that much on purpose like i think realistically if you have an actual bad franchise a really good quarterback's not going to help you know in the case of both especially the jets i feel like they're a, just kind of a mess with between their owner and general manager. I don't think Trevor Lawrence would have helped them. So <laughs> at least not that much the Jags. I'm, I'm not as familiar with their front office, but it, it might work out better, but I, it's, it's, it's hard to say that teams actually tank that much in the NFL.
3: Yeah. I think the difference between NFL and NBA is like NBA, those rosters are so small. Like a team could, literally be a, a LeBron James or a Kevin Durant away from being a, a basement dweller to becoming a, a fringe playoff to, you know, in a couple years, top four seed uh, NFL with, with how big those rosters are. You, you can draft a, a Joe Burrow or a Trevor Lawrence, but yeah, if you don't have offensive weapons for them to throw to or offensive line to keep them up, uh, then you're still several years away from, from competing again for playoffs. So Um, It is an interesting thought, but I I think that's kind of the difference between NFL and NBA.
1: I think the Browns, they're probably the closest I would, I would think of a purposefully tanking with (laughs) basically just going for accumulating draft picks. And the best they could do with that was Baker Mayfield. who's a big question mark. (laughs) Uh, So I I don't know if it's worth it for that. So I'll I'll vote no on the lottery.
0: Yeah. I think it's a good point, Peter. We talked about that and you know, the NBA is such a star driven league, right? It's really like, you can kind of just look at rosters and say, well, these are going to be the good teams. And like, then you can even compare them and just say, well, they have four all-stars and they only have three all-stars. So therefore they're going to win. And like almost every time they do, there's very like few true upsets in the NBA, you know, like it's, it's much more just the better team wins. Um, And yeah, definitely uh, agree. You know, one player can really turn around a franchise. Whereas it's really difficult. You see it occasionally where like one player really a nice defense or really nice an offense, but it's not as, as common. Also, like I kind of do a study now, just talking about it. I was thinking to myself, I feel like every year there's always that team that could have had the first pick and then like decides to get hot at the wrong time. And you're kind of like, what are they doing? <laughs> and it's happened again this year with the Jets. So yeah, I kind of, uh, I kind of agree. Maybe the NFL really isn't that much of a tanking league. Like these teams find a way to shoot themselves in the foot. The bad teams like know how to lose (laughs) or win at the wrong
1: times. (laughs) Yeah. Another thing with the big rosters is, you know, there's 22 starters on both sides of the ball and they want to get paid. Like you can't convince one of those guys to just, you know, phone it in for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, And even if you do, the other 21 are going to step it up. It's, you know, they're, if they look like they're tanking, they're going to get cut.
0: Yeah,
2: that's
1: a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point.
0: I guess shifting over to the defense, I kind of want to talk about, it definitely seemed like when I was watching you guys play Pittsburgh, uh, the secondary was playing pretty darn well. Uh, do you want to talk about that and, and kind of the developments that you've seen?
1: Yeah, the uh, I'm sure Juju gave him a little bit of motivation uh, out there. <laughs> you know, everyone wanted a, a piece of him as he was coming across. And it happened once, and that's what we needed. Um, but actually the the big hit there, that was Von Bell. He was one of the big uh offseason acquisitions from New Orleans and free agency. He's I would say he's had an up and down year. He you know, his he's best in the the nickel package, um sort of playing as a hybrid between safety and linebacker. Jesse Bates, I'm surprised, didn't make the Pro Bowl. He's been having a, a great year. And um, not like interception wise, he doesn't have the flashy stats, but coverage wise, he's, he's been locking everything down. Um, you know, William Jackson's been having a good year. And um, then a couple of guys uh, who are relatively new to McKenzie Alexander and Darius Phillips um, filling in for cornerback. They've stepped it up. Uh, McKenzie Alexander picked off Ben Roethlisberger and Phillips has just been good at locking them down. Uh, in past years, the, the secondary has been one of the weaker points for the Bengals, uh, mostly in blown coverage and just giving up huge plays out of nowhere, which still happens occasionally, but that happens to everyone occasionally. Uh, it's I don't know if it's coaching or if they finally got the right players, but it, they've been more bend, don't break and and keeping, keeping things locked down. Uh, linebackers are still young, still having trouble with coverage, Uh, Jermaine Pratt's stepping it up uh, doing better it's his second year Um, so really the big shakeups this year were the defensive line Um, you know getting rid of Dunlap bringing in some free agents uh, Covington and Reader and uh, Geno Atkins has been hurt most of the year so it's it's been uh, the defensive line is normally the most stable piece and this year it's all over the place yeah
2: going back to to Jesse Bates I don't understand this, but the NFL apparently only has two free safeties and one strong safety eligible for the Pro Bowl.
1: What? Just, hmm. what huh. like I didn't realize that, actually.
2: Yeah, I don't know if they considered safeties just to be a same position group, and then they have two... St- it looks like there's a starter for free safety, a starter for uh, strong safety, and then there's an extra free safety. So I don't know if that's just how NFL.com has it outlined here of like you know, there's two free and then one strong, or maybe the NFL considers them to be one safety position group with two starters. But yeah, that is a little surprising. I mean, some of these guys like, I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick, I think he's been pretty good this year. I mean, I don't know if he's had the same recognition as he did last year when he first joined the Steelers, when he was pretty good. Um, But I don't think he's had a terrible season. Um, and then there's Tyron Mateo. He's, he's there. I I think he's had a pretty decent season. And then Justin Simmons from the Broncos is the third safety. Um, I think he has had a pretty good season from what I've heard of, but, uh, definitely agree with you that Bates is probably one of the strongest players in the secondary. I know he's gotten a lot of props from Omar, um, made some good tackles on him in the open field. And I, I know that they kind of, uh, 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 seem to acknowledge each other and, you know, kind of pat each other on the back and, uh, when he makes a good tackle and stuff like that. So, uh, when you see that in the field, obviously, I think the players respect each other. So,
1: yeah, I think they played against each other in college. Because um, Jesse Bates was at Wake Forest. They're in the, are they in the, uh, what's the American Conference now with Louisville? I forget how the shakeup oh, gotcha. happened, but I'm thinking they might have been in the same conference in college. Though I probably should look that up before saying anything. But oh well. How about J.K. Dobbins? How's he? I've actually, I kind of followed him a little bit in college and, and was surprised to see the Ravens pick him up. And I, I thought he's been having an okay year, but I haven't really kept up with how he's
3: doing. Oh yeah. We were, that was one of the most surprising, I think to Ravens fans picks in the past couple of years was the Ravens drafting Dobbins in the second round. When you see
0: something like that happen, you know, the Ravens love a guy and uh, for good reason, the kid is just great. Um, and he actually got his first start last week and, uh, just had some ridiculously good runs, his balance and, uh, ability to cut and, and just get upfield and his vision are just really, really good. The kid's special. He really is. And, uh, we've seen a lot. You'll probably see it next week unless they rest him because he did kind of get a little, uh, banged up. He came back into the game, but was out for a little bit. Um, he uh he's been really involved in these jet sweeps where we'll like line him up as a wide receiver and then have him cross and uh sometimes he'll get the ball sometimes he doesn't and it really has stretched out the uh defenses and made him have to cover a lot more of the field and we're just seeing lots of success with that formation we're seeing a lot more pony backfield gus edwards has stepped up his game since the last time we played you guys we're seeing him catch some more balls and we're seeing him just contribute um yeah the the offense is honestly completely different than the last time we played you guys. Um, the run schemes are different and uh and the personnel's different.
1: well i think I think Dobbins will be in line for a good win. I mean, the Bengals gave up over a hundred yards to an 80 year old David Johnson last week. <laughs> and if he can do it, yeah, I, they've yeah, the run defense hasn't hasn't been particularly good. Um, they helped Pittsburgh, but I think James Connor was out that week. Yeah. So they were relying on Benny Snell, so that made it easier for the Bengals' D. But, you know, David Johnson was just breaking through.
2: Yeah, well, I would definitely expect the Ravens to lean a lot more on it. They've they've almost, you know, it's been kind of surprising. You know, we, we talked earlier where, you know, Ronnie Stanley's been down, uh, Nick Boyle's been down. Those guys have been two of our best blockers in 2019. And, um, you know, we thought the offense would maybe transform a little bit more into like a passing offense, but it's almost like it's doubled down to be an even better rushing offense with the people that we have. Um, And yeah, with adding some of these like pony backfield and, and, and different sort of running concepts to be able to stretch out the defense in different ways and not just sort of be like an inside running uh, team. It's, it's been crazy Um, past couple of games. I mean, we've rushed for over 250 yards, I think for the last few games, um you know the game against the giants i think we had three rushers it was the first time since 88 i think was the stat since a team has had three 75 yard rushers in a game um so uh yeah i don't i don't think the uh, i don't think the ravens are going to plan to throw air the ball out a lot they're definitely going to double down on the on their rushing attack going into the playoffs again assuming they make it i'm not assuming (laughs) yeah with that, do we want to go into bold predictions?
3: Sure, sounds good to me.
0: So, I guess always we'll uh, defer to the guest
1: for the first prediction. Yeah, <laughs> I mine was so far off last time.
2: Just yeah. such a oh, <laughs> uh, dude, don't don't that even should. worry about it, man. Because if you look at all these, you'll see that we probably like was it? I have three bold predictions out of sixteen weeks. So, uh, you know, Peter's got. I think he got three then as well. Alec has one. So the hit rate for these things, extremely low. I, I literally lost my bold prediction before a single play
0: had happened last week because I said that Mark Ingram would be active <laughs> and he would have 50 yards rushing. The man was not active. <laughs> mean,
1: okay.
0: it, it,
3: it says something about the riskiness of that pick where part of, of your bold prediction is that a player is active. <laughs>
0: I should have just left it at that. You probably wouldn't have given it to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, no, that's, I think he's going to be active. I think they're going to lean on him. And it's like, no, they're, they're funny. not
1: even going to activate him. Well, uh, my, my not bold prediction, my pretty milk toast prediction would be that, uh, T Higgins gets the two receptions for the Bengals record of, uh, receptions in a season and also passes a thousand yards, which is just a couple dozen shy of that. I think very close, um, to get his stats padded uh my extra bold prediction i will say i don't know if this is too bold i'll say lamar uh has has a double triple oh that's what i'll i'll throw it out there i don't know if that's stolen am i supposed to make predictions for how well you guys are going to do is that against that's fine. the rules?
0: yeah you can do whatever you want that's fine I made a, I made a prediction I think last year about uh, the success of the opposing team and I got ridiculed, but uh, you're you're not a standing <laughs> guest on the show, so it's okay.
1: <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, win or loss, I think he'll have the double triple. Nice. What's your uh, score prediction? Um, I'm gonna call I'm gonna call the Ravens and I'm gonna say uh, 27 to 13.
2: That's a good score prediction. Uh, I was gonna say that. Uh Peter ended up being right on the money last week against the Giants. I think it was 27-13 exactly. It was, yeah. And you, was. Guys,
3: you guys gave me some crap yeah. for that score prediction. but Although <laughs> I think it was in relation to the bold prediction that I paired it with, with the Ravens getting 10 sacks. But they got six, you know? So I wasn't... <laughs> I, w- I don't want to say I was close because 10 is just an ungodly number for an NFL game. But, you know, I wasn't totally off base. <laughs> no, you did pretty good, man. I'm going to go ahead with my bold prediction. So I
0: kind of sandbagged the J.K. Dobbins section because uh, one of his uh, other accolades this year is that he broke the Ravens uh, rookie rushing record with seven touchdowns. And uh, I'm going to say he adds on to that. So the previous record holder was Jamal Lewis. He had six yard or uh, six yards, <laughs> more than six yards. He had six touchdowns rushing the ball in the regular season. But more importantly, he had four touchdowns in the playoff run they went on that year. I'm gonna say J.K. Dobbins gets two touchdowns this game to solidify himself with nine on the year. Um and to like make a really nice high water mark for future rookie running backs to try and surpass. My score prediction, as I was pointed out to last week, I've been saying thirty-eight too often, so I will diverge. And uh <laughs> I will say the Ravens win
3: thirty to thirteen. Oh man, I think I think all these look good. They look good for the Ravens to win if these things happen. I think for my bold prediction, I'm going to go off what we were talking about last episode, just how uh, no NFL defense can cover Mark Andrews. And if the Ravens want to feed him, he's going to have a monster game. I think he's upset that he wasn't able to get those touchdowns last week. And I think in a game that's a must win to get into the postseason, the Ravens are going to put the ball in their Quite honestly, they're, they're best pass catcher's hands early and often. I say he goes for a hat trick, has three touchdowns. Man. And I've been going back and forth on this, and I might be giving the Bengals too much credit because I still have some, uh, some bad memories of that game in 2017. But I think that whatever shortcomings the Ravens made in game plan or preparation, I think that they also remember that. And we'll come into Cincinnati prepared to win, I say,
2: 31-10. to 10. I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction for my bowl prediction. So I feel like we've been going offense pretty recently. And defense, you know, it's, it's still we don't know how uh, shorthanded they're going to be. But I do know this. I do know Patrick Queen is going to be playing. And I feel like he's going to solidify his case for defensive rookie of the year i'm gonna say that he ends up with a turnover either an interception or a forced fumble um at a key moment in the game um you know with i i think he's definitely up there i mean chase young's been having a good year as well but um overall queen has definitely stood out he's got a lot of tackles he's had a handful of, of big plays i'm hoping that it ends on a sort of a play that maybe you know a la 2018 uh season finale against the browns by cj mosley hopefully it's something like that uh we hope that the game isn't that close but uh that's gonna be my bold i will say for the score prediction i'm actually gonna go a little bit closer uh, again I'm, I'm I'm worried about this one i think the Bengals are gonna be out for blood i think that they're gonna play us stuff they always do it's a divisional game but uh you know, I, I can't pick against the Ravens now, man. They've uh, they've been looking good the past couple of weeks. They've had their swag back. They really want to make it into the playoffs. So I'm going to say they pull this one out, but it's going to be closer score. I'm going to say 27-23 Ravens.
0: Oh man, that's going to drive me nuts.
2: <laughs> it will. If it does happen, yep, it's going yeah. to drive me nuts too. It's going to come down to that secondary.
0: If they do their job, it's going to go well. Well, I should have my uh, my new puppy to console me in case anything goes wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. That'll be the that'll be the saving grace. I'll be like Pixel, your daddy needs help.
1: <laughs> Pixel, get daddy the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She's not quite trained enough for that yet, but uh, that's a that's an end goal, right? <laughs> I'll just be happy if she uh, she learns about running on first down and trying to attack the defense on second and short. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, oh man be teaching her all the all the things that I yell about during the
2: games
3: (laughs) alright well on that note I guess we're signing off on the final regular season preview for Ravens recap this year and we're hoping that it is not the last of this 2020 21 season and next week we'll be talking about the Ravens going up against uh, however the cards fall man I gotta say it man I've got so much
0: more podcast in me I can't it better not be the end because like it doesn't feel like this year's over
2: at all and I just like I can't have that
0: <laughs> come on guys
2: yeah well we'll certainly see um, regardless man it's definitely been a great year I'm glad to uh, have followed up on, a, on an excellent 2019 Ravens recap podcast here with you guys and I'm looking forward to you know the 2021 and, and whatever that year brings Um, definitely want to give another shout out to justin again for for being here on this podcast we really appreciate you being here man hey you're
1: welcome and i have to pass along a shout out to uh, my wife who finished her phd in between the the two podcasts we did here so oh i I have to call her i have to call her doctor now so
2: hey congratulations (laughs) that's
0: awesome yeah that's super fantastic and actually before we close up do you want to plug any uh of your things like your youtube channel or
1: yeah i still i still do the youtube uh channel the Bengals collector where I, I break open football cards hunting for the the cool joe burrow ones and uh ran across a few cool things i actually got a cool jalen Hurts card that i sold on ebay for 200 because he got popular all of a sudden so nice. there's some neat stuff out there
3: you may have sold that at peak value that was that was the idea
1: (laughs) that was the idea awesome
0: all right guys we'll see you next week